Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 403 of the Fitness, Food, and Freedom podcast. I'm Jordan Stoltz, your host. And today, I'm going to be talking a little bit about reverse dieting. I'm going to be going over what it is and um, how I use it now and kind of my history with it. I'm going to be talking about who's it for, who's it not for, and the cases when you should do it. I've seen some of this type of content around the circle of people I follow on YouTube, Instagram, and podcasting, talking a little bit about if reverse dieting is necessary, or if you should go right to a muscle gain phase, or if you should go right to maintenance from fat loss. How do you exit fat loss? is the question we're answering here. I think reverse dieting has a place, and I'm going to be talking about that today. I'm also going to be giving you guys a little update on my own training experiment that I talked about um, two weeks ago, my last episode, and that'll be the show today. Big stuff coming for the Triple F podcast. Be sure you subscribe to the show so you don't miss anything. Um, Along with regular podcasts for the rest of the year, I'm hoping to also um, get a little bit more of a web presence for the show. So show notes, blog articles, written content, um, training programs and things like that. A, a web base for the podcast. Cause right now it's just the podcast apps. And I want to make sure you guys have a place to kind of come find me and hear my fitness content besides just the show and a place that I can uh, put out more stuff as well in between episodes. That's it for uh, the intro to for today. I'm going to get started as I keep stumbling over my words this intro. So let's get started with another show, 403 Fitness Food Freedom. Jordan Stoltz, fire the intro music. Welcome to the Fitness, Food, and Freedom Podcast. Keep listening for some awesome advice on health, motivation, and becoming a better version of yourself. Be sure to tune in every week for Motivation Monday, Workout Wednesday, and Foodie Friday. Behind the mic today, your host, a strength and conditioning coach, husband, and businessman, Jordan Stoltz. What's up, everybody? Jordan Stoltz here, host of the Fitness, Food, and Freedom podcast. Welcome to another episode. Today, Monday, what is it here? June 7. Um, you can maybe even hear my baby in the background. I'm recording this kind of later in the evening today. I'm going to post it right away. Hopefully, this finds you well and gets uploaded right away in your podcast app. There's sometimes some delays I know that can get in the way, uh, but hopefully, this episode helps a lot of people. I think that one of the biggest problems with nutrition and fitness and fat loss is getting out of it. You know, I think that, uh, in general advice is okay out on the interwebs and different sources for dieting, you know, fat loss, people know what they have to do when it gets down to it. There's a lot of confusion in the fitness industry and there's a lot of stuff out there, different diets, different fads, things like that. But in general, you know, you need to eat better, eat more healthy foods, exercise, and you know, Maybe you lift weights, maybe you run, maybe you just stop drinking alcohol, eating sugar. All those things are effective at helping you lose weight. They're not all the best life practices for a healthy lifestyle, but you know they are going to help you with the biggest thing for your health that's going to have an impact. I say that all the time on the show, that losing weight or improving your body composition or even even for muscular people, improving your BMI is going to be the most beneficial thing 
that you can really do for your health if you have room to improve. So I think that that is the thing you probably should be focusing on in fitness. And we all know what to do roughly, but the problem usually comes with doing it forever and how do you exit it to maintain the progress you've made. We all know the biggest loser type effects, right? Losing a lot of weight, gaining a lot of it back, um, these big rebounds. You've maybe even experienced that yourself where you had a lot of success with the diet and then the weight kind of piled back on once you went back to what you're normally doing. The key with successful dieting in my eyes is really a lifestyle change and changing the habits that you have around nutrition, which is easier said than done because that's a big part of life, you know, and it's a big part of, of your personality and how you function socially and it's not easy. So forming new habits, changing a lifestyle, that's the practice that I'm in, um, not just fad diets, but exiting it is sometimes the hard part and there's a few strategies out there and there's some differing opinions. I want to touch on how to exit fat loss and reverse dieting and talk about that a little bit today as well. Um, reverse dieting is, I guess, by definition, raising your calories over time instead of dropping them over time. So if you could think of dieting, um, the name isn't necessarily clear of what it is either, but it's a slow increase to maintenance. That's what reverse dieting is because dieting is dropping calories over time. You're eventually going to plateau. <clears throat> Excuse me. You're eventually going to plateau and you're going to need to adjust calories, break through the plateau, drop calories down, keep weight going down and basically rinse and repeat that process. But I, in reverse diet, I would have somebody increase those calories over time to a very slow level. There's a lot of rates you could take it. You get really, really slow and meticulous, increase 30, 40, 50 calories every week um, as long as you're not seeing a lot of weight gain or you could do it on a bigger scale like every two weeks you jump up 100 or 200 calories, do that until you hit maintenance calories and go from there. The problem usually comes with reverse dieting about what are my maintenance calories and how do I stop a reverse diet, which are all episodes we could do uh, together here to kind of clarify this whole scenario. But what I want to talk about today is when to use a reverse diet. Is that even the goal you should be in, um, you know, for your goals? And is that how you should get to maintenance or to your next phase? I think we need to kind of classify where we are, you know, each of us in our fitness journeys, where we are in the long term of things. Because, you know, those of you who had a weight loss goal, this is, I don't know, camp. There's several camps I want to talk about, so let's not label everybody. But, you know, the first one is going to be you had a weight loss goal, you hit that goal, and you want to maintain that new weight. You're happy with where you're at, you're healthy, you are more fit, and now you just want to eat a little bit more and not eat diet calories forever and not gain the weight back and rebound, right? You're the people I was talking about that have maybe trouble with the rebound. For you, reverse dieting is perfect in my eyes because it's a very slow increase. It's very cautious and you're not swinging calories all around. It's a pretty mentally, um, you know, it, it it's, it's good for you mentally, I guess, to see calories increase slowly, but see your weight stay the same. It's very good to get over some mental hurdles you might have in eating a lot more. Um, and you know, the same kind of people I group in with that are if you don't know where your body maintains your calories, if you don't know your maintenance and you finish dieting, 
it's a great thing because you're going to slowly increase. And when you start to see some weight gain, you know, you're just a little bit past maintenance, probably drop down hundred calories or so and you're at maintenance. That's a great way to do it. If you're not sure of that number and you just want to maintain where you're at, but there's another group of people, a couple of them. One of them would be somebody who is wanting to gain muscle. So their goal in general for the long term is lose fat, gain muscle. And if that's your goal, it's not the most efficient thing to reverse diet because the process takes a long time. Like I said, it's a very slow increase in calories to maintenance. There's nothing magic about it. It's just a very, very meticulous increase. So if you're doing that, you're kind of wasting away weeks where you don't need to to do that. And actually, if your goal is to gain muscle, I think it could do more harm than good because when you're reverse dieting, uh, you are in a calorie deficit for quite a long time until you get to maintenance. So you're just tapering off your diet, um, which means your muscle is more at risk. You're definitely not gaining muscle uh, right away. So I would not recommend that for someone who really wants to gain muscle. What you could do is really go from your fat loss calories all the way up to muscle gain calories. You know, if you're following basic formulas, not the ones I use, but maybe what you'd find more available and easy math to do is if you're eating like body weight times 11 or so for your fat loss calories. And if your muscle gain calories are like body weight times 15 or so, you just jump right up to that. You know, so um, let's say, let's do an example, I guess, a person that, you know, would weigh, let's say they weigh 150 pounds and they're eating body weight times 11 in calories. They're eating like 1650 or 1700 calories. And then to jump all the way up to muscle gain calories, they jump all the way up to 2250 or 2300. So 600 calories, just about of an increase. That's actually okay. I think that it's a scary jump for some people, but as long as you're following general math and sticking to these numbers, um, you're going to be just fine. You're not going to put on fat jumping that high, um, you know, more than normal anyways. And, uh, you're going to be able to just get right into the next goal. It's not necessarily yo-yo dieting. It's just being efficient with your time. If your goal is to do both, but you just need to be sure to follow each one for a long enough time, muscle gain for a few months, fat loss for, you know, a couple months, six weeks, and repeat that type of process, you should have a lot of success. I think that the other group of people, which is probably really most of you, is the people that struggle to lose weight and think that reverse dieting is the answer to improve your metabolism, fix a broken metabolism. And that's kind of where I want to clarify in today's episode is I know there's a lot of that information out there. Reverse dieting, as I said, is just a slow increase to maintenance. It's not magic. It's not something that's going to fix anything. And it's even not directly going to improve your metabolism. A metabolism is a combination of a lot of things that keeps your body running, right? It's your activity level. It's your neat, what you're moving around during the day. It's your body at rest, just maintaining itself. It's what your body uh, you know, it's it's just the energy demand of your body. And if your metabolism is slowed down while you're dieting, which means you used to lose weight on 1300 calories and you're not anymore, it's do, it's actually doing what it's supposed to do because it's maintaining your body in a condition where, you know, you would just keep wasting away, which is not uh, what you want. So you 
get this adaptation and you can basically reverse that adaptation with the reverse diet, but it's not a broken metabolism. It's doing what it should. It's just that things adapt. And it's not always some mystical metabolism adaptation. What really happens is you start sticking to your calories less. Maybe you um, eat a little bit more on the weekends. Maybe you move around less through the day. You're taking less steps. You aren't working out as hard, burning as many calories. All of these things come into play. Even sleep could affect things. If you're really low on calories, you might blink less through the day. There's a lot of weird things that go on as well um, subconsciously. And bringing calories up can uh, reverse that process. But there's nothing magical about doing it slowly. It's just the fact of not sticking on those fat loss calories forever. Um, so, you know, if you go to muscle gain, it does the same thing. If you go to maintenance calories, it does the same thing. If you just take a diet break, it does the same thing temporarily. And if you do a reverse, it does that as well. So those people who you struggle to lose weight, there's a lot of things you can pay attention to first before turning to a reverse diet. The reverse diet should be, uh, I would say, save for the end. When you actually hit your goal or you're ready to go maintain your new weight for a while. If you aren't, go to what your estimated maintenance calories would be, change your focus, focus on strength, sleep, um, nutrition, consistency, all these things. We could, you know, dive into specific cases on, um, you know, case by case basis because everyone's a little bit different. What could be stalling you out? But bringing calories up isn't necessarily going to fix the problem. It's just what you sometimes need to change these adaptations and make sure that you are set up, motivated, energized, and ready to go for a fat loss phase, which is, you know, what we're trying to do, I guess, in the long term. So all in all, it's very, very important to keep a clear picture of what your long term goal is. If you want to gain muscle and lose fat, you're probably not it's probably not a good use of your time to do a reverse diet. If you want to just maintain your new weight and get there, it's probably a good thing to save for the end. And uh, all in all, it's a very useful tool. It's something that I relied on heavily several years ago with clients to bring calories that make sure you do it slowly. And as I've kind of gone on, I use it less, but it's still a valuable tool in the toolbox. But what I find is that increasing calories in general does the same thing. Maintenance calories, muscle gain calories, it all just depends on what the long-term play is. Sometimes it's a reverse diet, sometimes it's not. And it takes sometimes a good coach to, to notice when it should work and when it shouldn't. And then also um, it's, a good, it's a good thing for you just to look at as well and see what you want to do. So hopefully that sheds some light on what a reverse diet does and when you should use it and when you shouldn't. And if you were tempted to do it when you maybe shouldn't have been, um, hopefully it kind of stops you or hopefully it helps you if you're going to. So the other thing I want to talk about today um, was a training experiment that I talked about two weeks ago, which was me trying out full body workouts, which is something that I've literally never, ever done as a more advanced trainee, I started out with more full body workouts and really an upper lower split from the beginning, um, just based on my focus and goals at the time when I first started weightlifting and training. But I've been trying full body workouts just a few days a week with some extra volume sessions in there for certain body parts. And I got to say, it's going really, really well. 
I will give more details later in an upcoming episode or post on a website somewhere uh, that's hopefully soon to exist. But I really think that you adapt quickly to anything. And I guess that's basically what I'm going to say to sum it up is that even if it seems like it's something an advanced trainee couldn't do, it's something you can play with the intensities of your workouts, how you structure them, and it becomes fairly easy uh, to do that, but also at the same time, very effective. I'm always, you know, as I mature in fitness and in the training and nutrition, you realize you need less than you thought. When you're younger and, you know, just intensity driven, everything you think is solved by more equals better. You know, if you want to lose fat faster, just diet really low calories if you want to gain muscle, eat really high calories if you want to get really strong, you just train all the time. And that's not necessarily the case. I've seen a lot of success with this program I'm running. Just, you know, hitting things a few days a week, not a lot of sets per week per muscle group. It's probably like for the chest, for example, it's probably somewhere around 10. It's pretty low. And, um, 10 sets a week that is for the whole chest it's getting secondary work from other stuff like i'm doing dips here and there i'm doing close grip bench presses things like that that are working the chest but in general direct chest work is not a lot shoulders and back are getting a little bit extra sets and extra 12 sets a week because or no not yeah 12 sets a week because i'm doing some extra days in there for those two parts um that's something another kind of thing I can talk about later, I guess, but all in all, you adapt to it. And all in all, you really don't need as much volume per session as you thought, as long as you got the intensity and are able to push through a lot of compound exercises, because that's probably the hardest part of this so far. The struggle is being motivated after doing a squat, a press, um, a shoulder exercise, and um, a row all being compound exercises and heavy to also go do maybe a rear delt exercise, a heavy arm exercise, a tricep exercise and abs being able to do those kind of more accessories, but also big movements in themselves can sometimes be tricky. And I've had a little trouble with fatigue later in the sessions, but I think a lot of that is just work capacity related and getting used to training that way. So I'm going to keep giving it time. I'm going to keep pressing on with it and seeing where it goes. If it's something that I like the results of, maybe I'll put together something you guys can download or I can send you uh, to kind of run something similar yourself. And I think a lot of you will be impressed with what you can accomplish with not a lot of training, which I think is actually a great thing for some people. Um, everyone's different, you know, that's what kind of what today's about, I guess, with the reverse dieting. It's Sometimes for some people, sometimes it's not for you. And same thing with this training program I'm doing. Maybe not for you, but I was surprised how well it's working so far. I'll keep you updated. And if you like this show, I might do more on the topic of reverse dieting. I know I just barely touched the surface of what it is. You know, I could go into metabolism. I could go into when to increase calories, when to stop increasing calories, how long to do it how you should set up phasing in your diet. There's a lot of pieces to this and a lot of moving parts. And it's so individual because 
there is no blanket recommendations. It's a one size fits nobody thing. And it's just something that I can't tell everybody to do a certain number of weeks or a certain amount of calories. A lot of it depends on where you've been and where you're going. But hopefully I can give some helpful advice along the way to guide you. That's it for today. Episode 40, I say 403, I think, of the Triple F podcast. I'm Jordan Stoltz, your host, and I'll talk to you later. Thank you for listening to the Triple F Podcast. Please leave a five-star iTunes review and share the podcast with your friends and family. Tune in next time for more great tips on fitness, food, and freedom. freedom.